Welcome to the Straight Talk on Fleet podcast with Aaron Gilchrist. Each week, Aaron will be breaking down fleet management, trying to cut through the noise and get down to the real issues safety and operations leaders are struggling with every day. The goal will be to get to the bottom of how leaders can break down these silos of information, accelerate change management, how to use real-time accurate data to drive massive efficiencies across fleet-focused business processes, and to elevate people's careers with emerging best practices. Now it's time for the Straight Talk on Fleet. Hello again, Fleet community. I am super excited to record the 25th episode of the Straight Talk on Fleet podcast. I am Erin Gilchrist-Drug, and I serve as the VP of Fleet Evangelism at IntelliShift. So on my podcast, I am lucky enough to try to be your objective and reliable source of information for our beautiful fleet ecosystem. Based on my experience that comes from managing a fleet, a large enterprise fleet for more than 15 years, um, I know that fleet management is hard, harder than it needs to be, likely. So what I try to do is just break it down fleet manager style with a focus on driver compliance, safety, reporting, maintenance, anything you want to talk about, and really about getting more from our internal and our external partners um, and our data. So that's what we try to do here on the Straight Talk on Fleet. So back to this um, 25. Yeah, so before we get started on today's topic, Congratulations to to me, to IntelliShift, to the fleet community for 25 podcasts. So first, thanks to IntelliShift for the opportunity to allow me to create this unique community experience in our fleet industry, something that nobody else is doing the way we're doing it. And to you, the fleet industry, for subscribing and watching and listening and commenting and participating in interviews and discussions and in advance for all the fun things that we're going to accomplish together as we um, work through our next 25 episodes, right? Also, a Straight Talk Live is new. We've done two live sessions so far and many more to come. Um, and we're trying to do those once a month. So I have a big ask for you, fleet operation, safety, risk community. As we celebrate this milestone, I have a big ask. Um, please comment um, when we post clips, you know, join me for the live sessions, bring your own experience to share, ask questions of me and others um, that are that have joined and registered for those. Um, shoot me ideas for topics. Yeah, provide feedback on anything and everything. And you can reach me on LinkedIn if you'd like. Or you can email me at erin.gilchrist at intellishift.com. Uh, call me, whatever you want to do, um, but would love to hear from you. And the fleet community um, would love to hear from you so we can just build this community and um, help each other elevate our careers as, as fleet op ops and safety leaders. So on that note, let's get into today's topic, uh, covering another topic very near and dear to my heart which is customer experience. So today we're going to talk about uh, what customer experience is, what it should look and feel like, the importance of, of healthy and successful partnerships. And then I'll share some personal experiences and examples that'll help frame what's possible and what you should expect from solid partnerships and world-class customer service or customer experience. So before we dig deeply into this topic, a leader I worked with previously had a philosophy, a philosophy about vendors that stuck with me. So there were four things. 
the first thing is vendor is a bad word. Vendor is like the bare minimum. When we're talking about partnerships, vendors are great, right? But when we're talking about customer experience and partnerships and what they can and should be, vendor is, you know, that bare minimum. Somebody that provides you with something, you buy something from them. Um, the second one is the supplier. Suppliers are okay. However, it's similar to a vendor in that it feels like it goes beyond the product, but may carry a long-term sort of contractual relationship. So very important in what we do. That third level really is that strategic partner, right? They know your business. There's a strategic approach to the relationship for them and for you. There's trust and quality, all the things. So those strategic partners are really critical um, to the way that we um, do business and the way that we're successful or not. The fourth level is that trusted advisor level. And that's kind of where um, we want these strategic partners to graduate to. This is when the strategic partner graduates to that next level of service, performance, partnership, and relationship. They're reading your mind. They're ingrained in your operation. They understand and anticipate all your needs. They're an extension of you and your department. So they're operating in lockstep with you to execute on your vision, your mission, your initiatives, and your goals. Okay. So those are kind of the layers of what we, who we would consider partners, right? So let's talk about what is customer experience. So sort of from a definition standpoint, customer experience or like our, everyone likes to say CX for short, right? Is a term used to describe our interactions with our suppliers across multiple levels. The experience that we have with the customer support team at those organizations is part of CX, but it isn't everything, right? Customer experience could be anything from navigating the mobile app or website to consuming marketing campaigns or directly using this um, partner's products or services, right? So in other words, it's the way that we perceive the experiences we've had with our suppliers and our overall impression of their brand. So positive customer experiences add an affinity uh, toward brands and make it more likely that people um, like us will keep coming back to do business with these um, partners. So that's, that's what customer experience is sort of how it's defined. So let's dig into what an exceptional customer service model looks like and more so how it should feel to us and our teams and our organizations. So let's break down sort of nine things that are components of an exceptional service model from my perspective. So channel choice, right? So the partner brings the conversation to us on the channels that work best for us. So think about the way that we communicate day to day in our life. Um, it shouldn't be a big stretch from how we do it in our, in the business world, right? It should feel good. It should be easy. It should be on our term and on our turf, right? So that partner should be able to, to, to come to us in the ways that work for us. So channel choice, um, empathy, big one partners really must relate to us, right? To provide that great experience, having empathy means putting us at the center of everything they do and being driven to help us and never seeing us as an annoyance to handle, but as the hero of their story. It's a crucial customer service or experience skill by an organization is empathy. 
Um, the third thing is this idea of being customer centric. This is truly like a people first approach. Genuine customer focused organizations gather feedback in every channel and share that information across the company to help guide business decisions. So the service is as, is as or more important than the product, in my opinion. Say that again, the service that you get is more important likely than the product, right? Because they can't operate independently of one another and service is really that organization getting to, to know you so that they can bring your, your um, ideas to life. The next one is proactive support anticipating what we need before we even say it, you know, and using our data to understand our preferences and recommend products in real time to meet our needs day to day, week to week, month to month. Right. So proactive support. Um, and I could talk about that for days. Um, but I have other podcasts, um, that kind of address this idea of being proactive, um, product project and change management is like episode five. Um, I talk a lot about proactivity in my maintenance um, podcast, but again, that proactive support is really, really critical um, for short and long term. Um, the next is personalization. So, in order to create um, a connection, right, they need to use data, as I mentioned, to personalize and tailor your experience. So, again, they know who we are, what we've done in the past, what we're doing now, what we want to do in the future. And remember all of this information so that we never have to repeat ourselves. So we want them to kind of commit that to this um, blueprint of who we are, right? And we don't have to repeat ourselves. And even when they have turnover in their organizations, we don't feel that, right? So that's what personalization really does. Speed, right? Big one. <laughs> Build response times into your service level agreements, right? SLA should definitely have a component that says when we as customers should expect to be responded to. So think like in-app messaging, on-platform feedback loops, live chats, better yet, um, we can call and talk to a person. But the moral of the story on speed is these organizations that we work with need to keep our pace. Okay. And we define what that is and definitely define what that is so that um, everyone's clear on expectations. And then self-service, right? I mean, we can't be on the phone with our suppliers all the time. So the best you know, strategic partners make it easy for us to help ourselves. So there's lots of ways um, that they can do that, but like for fleet and safety and operations leaders in our space and in our industry, we need an intuitive platform where we can find insights about what's happening now in our fleets that we need to address. We need to understand trends. Um, we need to have canned and custom reporting. We need analytics and alerts and scorecards and dashboards, period. And so, so when you think of self-service, the ultimate self-service is that partner bringing your data together making it make sense, sharing out with you what you need anytime, anywhere for any audience, right? So that to me is like the epitome of CX and self-service. Um, the next one is um, empowered people. So partners who hire the right people is one thing, 
right? All of them should be uber focused on hiring people that that bring their um, customers' visions to life. But the next level to that is really empowering people um, to be an extension of us and our departments. That's next level, right? They should have the time, the tools, technology to help us achieve our goals so that they're empowered to help us make decisions quickly and effectively. Um, so empowered people, that's a great one. The next one I think of is hand in hand. You notice how all these sort of, these things sort of play off of each other is collaboration. And for me, this means working well, playing in the sandbox well with everyone. So who's everyone? So your strategic partners should work well within other departments in their organization to make your life easier. They should work really well with your network of partners, even their competitors. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Your internal departments, um, so our internal departments at our organizations, they should work well with us and everyone, um, you know, our HR, they should work well with legal and fleet and risk and ops and safety and everyone. And that's about them doing what's best for us always, no matter what. So that to me is the epitome of collaboration. Um, and again, I'll give an example of um, somebody who I considered a trusted advisor in my portfolio and how they did all these things sort of really well. And last, but certainly not least, is this ability to be agile. So agility is just so, so critical. Um, it always has been, but more so now because of tools and, and technology and things are moving so quickly. So agility is really important. So that partner should be able to be agile so they can keep up with our needs. Partner teams need analytics software that gives them instant access to our insights in one place. And there's a view, like I talked about this on that single platform, right? That fleet intelligence platform or whatever, a view, meaning a single screen, a view that we share with them enables them and us to be agile. So we and they can go beyond data, data capture and focus on understanding and reacting to that data right? With real time and historical analytics built inside of that CX solution. And so as a collective team, we can act on what's happening now. We can understand past trends and current trends and more so do more with the data to predict the future, avoid cost and risk, save lives in our case, right? As fleet ops and safety leaders, that's what we're responsible for doing. So that agility, I think means so much in today's um, environment. You know, think about the fact that we are having more accidents, but we have better tech. It's because people are distracted. So what are all the things we can collectively do together through collaboration and agility to help us uh, run the safest and most efficient fleets, right? So those are sort of nine things that I think are really, really important. Again, channel choice, empathy, uh, customer centricity, proactive support, personalization, speed, self-service, empowered people, collaboration, and agility. So great framework, right? So how does this play out in the day-to-day? -day? So what's that sort of feel like when that happens? Well, you know, what should your life be like? So in my experience, there's a real structure to the interactions. There's a method, there's a strategy that makes, um, that results in successful relationships with tangible, very tangible results. 
So day to day, what's that feel like? So again, there's someone to answer calls and handle that day to day stuff that we deal with strategy, tactically, strategically, tactically with style and grace, right? There's weekly check-ins and, and again, the more structure you have, the better. So things are scheduled. Um, they're on the calendar. You adjust when needed. Monthly strategy calls. I think that that's a call that the, the strategic partner leads to tell us things that either we don't know or we should know about our business, about trends and results and opportunities and what we can do about them. So I think monthly strategy calls are, are super critical in having successful relationships um, that result in wins for, for us as leaders. Um, business reviews. So we're all familiar with, you know, the quarterly business review. Maybe you do them um, a couple times a year annually, but whether you do them monthly, quarterly, et cetera, it's about whatever suits our unique needs as a business. So there's no sort of can solution that works for everyone. So find out what works together for, for your strategic partner and for you and your organization and your team, right? But these reviews are critical because it holds everyone accountable. It holds us as accountable as leaders. It holds our organization accountable to the things that we're sharing with them that we need to do things about, right? Changes we need to make, new tools and technologies we need to implement. And of course, first and foremost, it keeps that supplier in check. So that strategic partner or supplier, they start to you know, learn and understand it's like AI, right? So this is an experience that is a learning and growing experience for everyone involved. So business reviews. So what, do, what does a good business review look like? And I think I want to spend time on this because I think it's such a critical part of having um, success in these strategic partnerships. And it's about taking vendors and suppliers to that strategic partnership level and then on to that trusted advisor level. So very expressed opinion on how these reviews should go. So one, they're structured again, scheduled. There's a prescribed agenda that you've all agreed, agreed to. You have C-suiters in attendance. It's so important. And as I go through what this looks like, you'll understand, I'm sure you know already why it's so critical to have C-suiters in attendance for these reviews, especially if they're quarterly, right? If they're quarterly or anything less anything um, less frequent than quarterly, you've got to have stakeholders in that room, right? So if you listen to podcasts, I think I referred to this already, podcast number five on project and change management, I talk about building an internal team that supports you through everything that you want to do and having an, an executive sponsor. Well, that's likely a CFO, a COO, depending on your reporting um, structure within your organization as a fleet a safety or ops leader but get those C-suiters in the room. And here's why. So when you have a successful meeting, it's going to be all about you being the winner, you being the hero. So first off, they're partner led, right? So you want that strategic partner to lead that conversation in person, preferably, right? We can do that now, but if your organization isn't doing that, then just obviously making sure that you have the tools and technology to showcase everything that you're going to talk about in this meeting and that your partners are going to lead the discussion on. Okay. Um, they need to be timely. So, you know, when C-suiters, they're more apt to attend a meeting when they know things are going to go well, they know there's a, a, a beefy agenda 
and that you'll finish on time. So make sure that your strategic partners, and if they are good at what they do, they will already know this, but uh, starting and finishing on time is super critical. And it gives you, you know, you, you can build in those buffers for some small talk and some get to know you um, stuff, because that's really important too. These are um, results and performance oriented, right? So that partner is going to share results and performance, your results and performance, ours and theirs, right? Um, against goals, initiatives, KPIs, your vision, your mission. Um, so very, again, results and performance oriented. Um, a summary of what we asked for as fleet leaders and then what they did about it. So things that came up through that quarter, for example, that you know we talked about maybe in those monthly reviews and they actually acted on them. What did they do? So it's a great opportunity for your strategic partner to do a you asked, we answered session, right? The next thing is benchmarking. Really um, a section in here about how you stack up against other fleets in all the key metric areas. So I really wanted to know, you know, how I was doing like to like comparisons with other fleets that were like mine, you know, and you guys, I think in the fleet industry know that we're a collaborative industry and our suppliers um, and strategic partners have access to a lot of data as do we. So I think benchmarking is really important and it shows your organization that you're focused on being the best right? Who doesn't want to be the best? I want to be the best. So like to like comparisons, opportunities, and a path forward to be the best as you benchmark. Um, what will it take us to be the safest, most efficient fleet, right? Um, what's next in, in the partner's supplier roadmap? So what are they doing? You know, how are they doing it? What products are they building out? So their product roadmap, how it will benefit us as a leader and our organization. So it's always great for us to hear about what they're doing to continuously innovate on our behalf. Another big one I love, take note of this, is hero stories. So your strategic partner, when they come in to talk about performance and benchmarking and results and all that, they need to come in there and they need to show your or our organizations how we're the hero. What did they do to help us bring our visions to life, right? Maybe how it helped them grow and learn and innovate and develop as a partner and as a business. So how great does that sound, right? So Aaron asked for something that was innovative. This strategic partner responded and here's how it helped me and my organization and my career. Here's how it helped the supplier do good things for me, but also help the, the whole industry, right? How did it benefit some of their other partners? So you think about, um, for example, if you had a strategy that helped, you know, reduce fuel consumption and your partner helped you bring that to life, they come in and tell this hero story. And maybe they talk about how your idea helped them provide or benefit in the areas of fuel consumption reduction for other clients. And they share this big greenhouse gas reduction number with your C-suite for something you thought of, right? So that is just such a great component of a business review are these hero stories. And who's the hero? We are fleet ops safety leaders. Your partners need to come into that meeting and make you look like a hero because you are, we are.
right? We do a lot. And we do a lot to help these strategic partners of ours be better. And at least we should, because we should constantly asking and growing and innovating and sharing our visions and our ideas. And it is their job to listen and make it happen, right? The next component of that meeting should be really, what's the go forward strategy, right? As you wrap up all this good stuff, how are we going to tackle the new ideas that come up in the meeting, the new ideas that come up until next time, areas of opportunity, um, expected results. And this could be an introduction to new products and services that the supplier has to make your life better with some ROI numbers. This could be a great time, you know, knowing ahead of time for them to offer um, something else in their portfolio that's going to continue to get you um, excellent results and obviously pay for itself. So having that ROI info in there is good. So that go forward strategy. And then that wrap up with time for questions and open discussion, definitely schedule the next meeting while everyone's there. So um, good partners are going to do all these things, right? And then one to two days after that, you know, QBR, for example, they're going to follow up with the summary and the next steps and the timing and the meeting notice for that next business review. So I think, again, the business review is a successful business review with those components are, um, that's just a key, very key and core component to a successful strategic partnership with our, with our suppliers. So big part of CX, it's just a huge part of CX. Okay. Now to some personal experiences that I've had with supplier partners that, you know, after some time working together, they, this, this supplier an exam, um, that I'm going to talk about in this example became a trusted advisor for me and for, for my organization. So some things that they did really well, well, they kind of did a lot of things that we've talked about already in this podcast, but they hosted, I was early on in my fleet career. It's a great story. I was in a unique position in that the company that I worked for, a lot of my suppliers in fleet were also customers of my organization. So that makes it hard, right? Um, definitely harder than it needed to be. So I had this idea that I should pull all of the suppliers together on sort of neutral turf. And I should say, okay, I'm new to fleet. I need to learn a lot. I want you to teach me um, and just do some road mapping. So we did a sort of a, a roadmap on from the time you need a vehicle, right? All the way through to when the vehicle is delivered and then started with the life cycle of the vehicle. So what does that look like? So we did some mapping. So, and I had some experience um, from my Six Sigma training um, on how to do this process mapping. So the only way to successfully do that for me and to learn quick and to see who was in it to win it was to host all my suppliers. And some of them were competitors of one another. Tough toodles, right? So I convinced leadership that I should do this. And this supplier that I'm talking about in my trusted advisor um, example here, they offered being in a sort of a neutral position, they were an upfitter for me. They held the session on their turf and um, they, they got everything together that I needed. So I kind of knew early on that they were going to be um, special. So they did, they hosted this session and it was great. And I learned a lot. And that session really set the stage because the suppliers 
at that time they were suppliers. Now they became partners and, and much more that rose to the top after my ask, like who's going to help me learn? Who's going to help me grow? Who get, who's picking up what I'm laying on? Who's laying down? Who's riding in my taxi, right? The, the partners that rose to the occasion after that on-site session were partners of mine for 15 years following that meeting, right? Until I left that organization, right? And, and they're still working with that organization, many of them. So great first example of why this, this partner became a trusted advisor. The other things they did, just our overall experience, the relationship that they built with me and my team and my organization was uber professional, but also personal. Just knowing things about, you know, our families and sharing experience, uh, personal experiences, and just that sort of tight-knit relationship that grows over time. They were really focused on that. And the more they shared, the more we shared. And it just became, there's just a lot of trust there that we built by sharing those, that relationship and those personal experiences. They partnered with us on philanthropic strategies. So, you know, we had a charitable foundation at the organization I worked at, and this company really jumped in with us and helped us serve families and the communities where we lived and worked across, you know, across the U.S. So really um, a beautiful thing. And then they were really an extension of me and my department to my customer. So my customer was our field operations. Naturally, that's your customer. If you're in safety, risk, or ops, they really were an extension of us. So if someone called and talk to someone at this upfitter, they would always come back and say, gosh, I felt like I was talking to you, Aaron, or someone on your team. They know us. Okay. So that's really a, a testament to what it takes to be a trusted advisor and what it really means to um, have an exceptional customer experience. And the last example of why this, this partner became a trusted advisor is the innovative nature of the way that they did business and the agility. So we did working sessions on site with them. We'd invite operations leaders, drivers, um, salespeople in my organization. Um, sometimes I'd bring someone from HR or risk along, but we'd have my team and, and my customers represented in lots of ways and on lots of levels in a working um, session to evaluate the mobile workstation for our technicians, which is the van. And we would do a nose to tail evaluation two or three times a year to identify what we were doing great, what we needed to change, look at any new tools or materials that were going into the van, right? Where were we going to put those? How were they going to work? We talked about job safety um, analysis and really looking at how the technician was doing his or her job physically to make sure that the, the van worked as an efficient and safe workstation, right? For, for the work that they were going to do every day so they could stay healthy and safe and provide um, timely and quality work to our ultimate customer. And just that ongoing support that they provided following those sessions, really seeing each and every opportunity through to um, fruition 
and, you know, testing things and evaluating things and scrapping what doesn't work and, you know, implementing things that did and doing retrofitting. So just an example of what great customer experience is, um, great customer service and how that particular upfitter went from being, you know, a supplier to a strategic partner to a trusted advisor. So, you know, if you, if you can think about people that organizations that you're working with right now, you know, think about the things that I've shared and how you can do creative things to help them step it up, to step up their game, right? You deserve it. So finally, you know, so that's a great example, but finally, why, why is it so important to have exceptional customer service? Okay. So I was reading this blog on the benefits of good customer service and what it means from the provider standpoint, which obviously benefits us as the customer. So some stats, 73% of business leaders report a direct link between their customer service and their business performance. Makes sense based on everything I just shared, right? It's just like, we're marching to the, you know, beat of the same drum, you know, we're in lockstep. 64% of business leaders say that customer service has had a positive impact on their company's growth. 60% of business leaders say it improves customer retention and 47% of business leaders report an increase in their ability to cross sell their products um, and to upsell their products because of customer service. I mean, that all makes perfect sense to me. And being on the receiving end of that, that's rung true. Um, and for us as customers, right, it means success for our drivers, for our organizations. And, and it, may, it means elevation in our careers as fleet ops and safety leaders. So 70% of customers say that they have made purchase decisions based on the quality of the customer experience, almost alone. So, you know, I can say that like in IntelliShift, for example, we have had so many customers tell us that CX is our biggest differentiator. I mean, I'll take that every day. And we've won and retained so many customers in our portfolio based on our CX model. So I, I can tell you, I can speak from example, both as a provider and more so as a customer all these years, managing a massive uh, portfolio of, of partners, vendors, suppliers, trust advisors, all of them, that CX made all the difference in my success and in the success of the efficiency and safety of my fleet. So ask for what you're not getting. You know, you, your team, your drivers and operators, your equipment operators, your organization, you deserve the very best. We all do. Um, so that my friends is my philosophy on CX. So, you know, I'd love to hear your CX stories. I think together we can share those stories. We can raise the bar on customer experience for our industry as a whole by just speaking out about it. And, you know, talking about what we're experiencing what we expect and talking about this notion of turning everyone that we do business with into a trusted advisor so they can get there, but we have to help them get there by sharing our, our visions and our missions, our initiatives, our goals, and holding them accountable for helping us meet and exceed those, right? We can do it. So I think it's a fun thing um, to talk about. And again, I'd love to hear your um, great CX stories. So if you enjoyed our content today, like, and subscribe wherever you find your favorite content. But as I like to say, until next time, keep it real, keep it safe for fleet's sake. And thanks so much for being here.